Welcome to the Musical Communication Podcast. I'm your host, Marianne Ploger, and during these podcasts, I'm looking forward to being able to explore all aspects of what it is to be musical, whether that is how we can be more musical as musicians or how we can understand why we love music and why we think it's musical or why it isn't. So we'll be exploring everything from how to perform music, how to listen to music, as well as aspects of music perception perception and cognition. Hi friends, welcome to another episode of the Musical Communication Podcast. My name is Karen and I'm your producer and I'm sitting here again with your lovely host Marianne. Hi Karen. Oh, so happy to be here with you. Me too. It's a pleasure every time. Oh my gosh, our previous episode was absolutely amazing and I, I kind of want to transition into this new one um, talking about a subject that we kind of left off at the end of our previous episode, which is, uh, I guess we'll call it in our case, musical mania. Um, but I'm, I'm curious where the inspiration came for even just those two terms that are, are very specific and um, pretty intense, but also incredibly poignant. Um, and, and what do you want to share as far as musical mania today? Well, we need to deal with it. So <laughs> what I mean by musical mania is that mania is when when a person behaves, a bipolar person, uh, in a way that is compulsive, often self-destructive, very exuberant, tons of energy. Uh, A person who's manic will often not sleep. They might not eat. They might eat too much. They might go into all kinds of deviant behaviors, um, drinking too much to be able to actually lower their levels, self-medicating apparently, but also uh, they can get into other uh, behaviors like sex addictions and other things. So very often very self-destructive behaviors that's almost out of control. So I know about mania. There are some of it in my family. Uh, So I think that I'm always somebody who's so let's say uh, strapped in that I don't tend to have those those moments but we know that many musicians have mania so composers who have been bipolar they would go into these periods where they would not sleep for very long Schumann of course was that way Robert Schumann but you know basically they they're subsumed and passionately involved with what they're doing and so in positive sense they get a lot done on the other hand they often burn themselves out and everyone else around them so I think that in our terms and I don't think it's an illness as much as it is a behavior that's currently I think happening that we might want to think about so how does it expose itself in my experience? Well, I would say that the fact that music is getting louder and louder and louder and louder and louder. Okay, so I recently heard a recording, an award-winning recording of a fabulous composition, an orchestral piece with chorus, and I could barely listen to it on my you know, it wasn't a great sound system. I don't have one of those fabulous sound systems in my home, mostly because I make my own music. Uh, I don't need music to be really loud. So, but this was so loud, I just almost, I, I just turned it off. And you should see my dogs. My dogs were, were really squirrely and unhappy. They were looking at me like, what's going on? 
uh, when they were hearing it. And I thought, oh, and this is a masterpiece. But it was so loud. You couldn't hear any hierarchy in the phrase. Everything it was like, like the sound just blasting you head on. I was so very saddened by it. Uh, so this caused me to start well, looking at other movements to see how they were. And when the movements were quiet, it was beautiful. Just beautiful, sublime color in the orchestra, wonderful choral sound, just marvelous. But then we would get into the caterwauling, the, the, you know, the vocalists, the soloists were just screaming and the vibrato was so loud and horrible and large that I couldn't often tell what the pitch was. My husband and I are critical. Sorry, folks out there, you know, but I'm so sorry. If you're protecting your voice by having a vibrato um, and it is that loud and that painful, sorry, but you know, it's supposed to be about the music and not your voice. It's supposed to be about the expression of this wonderful music, not about your instrument. <laughs> Sorry, but, <laughs> you know, so anyway, yeah. I got done listening to the, the work, but it, it reminded me of another experience. And that was that I was with a group of people and we were on the river. So we were on the Cumberland River in what's called the pontoon saloon. And it's a lovely ride, and it was a fabulous group of people. I enjoyed that so much, and I, the music was blaring so loud. It was all country. Wonderful tunes, but so loud. And my voice could not be heard. I don't care how hard I would scream. Unless I talk like this, um, which I will not do. Uh, <laughs> utterly unmusical. Uh, so I, I just couldn't be heard. And I and it was really hard. I'd have to be standing two or three inches off of the person to be able to lip read and try to hear what they were saying. And that's a little bit more intimate than we might want to have during COVID. But anyway, <laughs> masks not included. So at one point, I really did. I just wanted to jump off the boat. It was so painful. And I was stuck. I couldn't go anywhere. Other people were having such a good time adding to the noise, <laughs> singing and dancing and speaking in those very nasal voices that contributed to the noise. And I realized this is cuckoo. I mean, okay, so a person who's, who is becoming an alcoholic is somebody who needs more and more alcohol to be able to get the high. We, that's a well-established fact. So they keep drinking more and more. So, of course, we're warned that if, you know, sorry, it's not a badge of honor if you can drink, you know, four Manhattans in a row and not get drunk. That just means you're probably an alcoholic <laughs> and that it's over the top. You're needing more and more to be able to get the high that your brain is telling you you want. All those lovely endorphins and other chemicals being released in your brain make you feel good. And it occurred to me that's what's happening with sound, that it's getting to be so much that you need more and more to be able to feel the same rush. Now, in my opinion, if you just step the volume way down and then you get louder, it'll give you a rush. So an example, Frédéric Chopin, the great pianist and composer, 19th century, 
was able to play so softly that almost nobody could believe it. It would be triple, quadruple piano. It was so soft. But his loudest volume, as many of his great compatriots would say, would never get above a mezzo forte, but it was like the room was shattering in its intensity. It was so amazing. So we need to step it down because I think we're getting addicted. I think we're addicted to loud. Wow. Yeah. I hate to say it. I don't know whether any of you feel this way, but I'm so sorry to say this. But so many hosts, not you, Karen, you had a gorgeous voice, which is one of the many reasons I love you so much. <laughs> but uh, many people on television, they're talking like this. This is their voice. This is the normal voice. Yeah. Right? You know, the valley, that kind of valley girl kind of sound. It's like, oh, my God, listen to that. Yeah. That sound. I am highly sensitive, I admit it. But I'm sorry, it's rattling our cage. Yeah. Can we listen to our sound? And can we just experiment with starting more softly and then getting louder? I realize that's very hard for especially brass players, for goodness sake. Mm-hmm. But, you know, electric guitar, we can tune that. We don't have to be so loud. Hmm. But I think it's a compulsion. I believe it's gotten to a compulsive, dangerous state. So in the same way as being an alcoholic is dangerous for you, being manic, you can be self-destructive. I think we can be self-destructive in the loudness aspect. But there's the other aspect, Karen, and that is the mania of busyness, of just being busy to be busy. You know, I'm important because I'm really busy. I'm doing a whole bunch of stuff. It's rather meaningless stuff. It isn't raising consciousness of ourselves or the planet. But we're busy. We're really, really busy. Mm. And it makes us feel like we have to be more and more busy because we're not getting the return that we want. So we have to be busier and busier and busier still. So... I can't talk personally uh, about this, but I, they're just, in terms of people in their careers as conductors, especially, I am familiar with this, it's getting to be more and more that people are going from one place to another, never going very deep, but just going from one gig to another gig to another gig, and it doesn't go deep. There isn't a rapport that's developed with the ensemble. It's a gig. And it sounds like a gig. I'm so sorry. And it's amazing how good some of those gigs can sound. But it's not what I heard from Eugene Ormandy in the Philadelphia Orchestra, where it was just Eugene Ormandy conducting just the Philadelphia Orchestra. And they came, they would tour as a group. It was such an experience. It wasn't, you know, wham, bam, thank you, (laughs) ma'am. Yeah. And you just have to, I know it's for economic reasons and for other reasons that we're doing this. I understand. But I hope and people will reconsider that music is being processed at a level far greater than just our ears. Mm. Our body is sensing the sound and far 
far more <laughs> of our self, our soul, is, is sensing music. And mm. we need to tap into that and that it will be great music. Yeah. Mm. Does it's that make so sense? Does it that... absolutely does, yeah. And it makes me think of, of my work with the Enneagram in that if the only way to make an impact is to be present. Yes. And if you're not present, you're not there. So similarly to when we, you know, live our lives on autopilot, you show up as your number. But when you're here present, you show up as Marianne, I show up as Karen. But that takes an incredible degree of cultivation to not be on autopilot, to be able to be here in this moment and not be like, I got to get groceries. I got to do this. I got to do that. Is it cold? Yes. Is it hot? How do I feel? Am I hungry? Am I th like, to just like be here. So I wonder how have we as a culture just deviated from that? Because we're not far removed. And, and even in, in other cultures, people take naps during the day. People eat at different times. People aren't so focused on on work. They're, they're focused on what brings them joy and is life-giving in some cultures. So like where where have we gone wrong or are we romanticizing this? Like what, what how are we losing our presence as a society? What a great observation, set of observations. I think that we have to be very careful that we're disintegrating as a culture. I think we are. In the past, we would go to church. As a child, every Sunday, I would be going to church. That was just the way it was. And most of the people my age were doing that, with a few exceptions. So this is a form of commonality, of humility. You're sitting there, and of, of course, as a squirmy little kid, I, I'm sure I didn't like it better than anybody else uh, but I sat there quietly with my parents and we listened to the, the service and the word and we read the word and we sang together so th there was an integrated sense a community uh, so I think that that was true even for other denominations for the Jewish people the synagogue it was a regular practice uh, and then what began to happen was that in the 1960s and such, I think people began to throw that out the window and for good reason. Okay, so we might have thrown out the baby with the bathwater on that one. But definitely, we, I think we lost a sense of connection and we started to splinter. So I think probably, in, I don't know, in your family, did you guys eat together every night? Yeah, and all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So I think that what's happening now is that there's very little commonality. And so when we talk about our culture, we see that there isn't a, a commonality um, to replace the what was religion. Mm. And it makes it so it's very hard for us to talk about things on a common basis. Mm. So I think that music's role can be now I you know I'm one of those people who cannot listen to music when I drive why because I almost got killed listening to the Waldstein <laughs> sonata played by Brendel on the radio as I was driving through Chicago not a good thing to do evidently <laughs> because I wasn't um, able to handle the heavy traffic as well I think because half my brain was listening to the music but I think that 
we're now in a place where we have to be meditating. I, I think that it's important to meditate every day so that we can at least be present with in direct contact, perhaps. Maybe this is what's happened. We're all splintering, but we're all realizing we're needing to connect directly with whatever source you want to call it, whatever it is in there, your intuition, metaconsciousness, you know, God, whatever it is. We have to direct, directly connect because we're not doing it in church because I think those institutions are struggling. Mm -hmm. I mean, how much are most people your age going to church? Yeah. Not much. Varies. So the concert hall becomes even a difficult thing because at least people who were used to going to church for three hours a week, by the way, and very often, know it's hard for them people to go to a concert that lasts an hour and a half. Mm -hmm. Like I have to sit here in this chair for an hour and a half in the dark or not dark, <clears throat> but you know, it's different now. So I think that we have to, we have to be present, just like you said, with ourselves first. Then we have to be present, please, when we're practicing, and I don't think it's practicing, I think it's playing, but when we're with our music on our own, and then we have to be able to remember how to bring that into the performance. Mm. Whatever the performance, whatever the genre, it doesn't matter. We have to bring that presence into that moment. And it's so easy, and yet, as you said, it's so difficult because I think we're in a crazy-making world, and I don't want to sound too paranoid about it, but it makes me worry that certain forces in our capitalistic society and other societies are really making it so we're just having to be kept busy, so we're off-center. Mm. Yeah, going back to your three causes of error, do you feel like the coach is an excuse we use to not be present? Where we're just cultivating this coach in our minds, in our playing time and all that, to avoid having to be present? Yes, I think it's a... Uh, I don't think any of us like it. When we recognize it, we begin to say, get out of there. Yeah, uh, because it's a pollutant to music. It's a pollutant. It's noise. But um, I don't know. I mean, I don't. I think as an adult, we can choose to not have it in there. And if we continue mm -hmm. to choose to have it in there, then I think it, again, as Jack would say, it's one hundred percent our responsibility. It's one hundred percent our responsibility as adults if we keep it in there. But when we're younger. It's programmed. Hmm. It's programmed. Un in many cases, unintentionally by our teachers, by our parents, by others in our existence, and unfortunately, social media now for the teenager. You know, it's yeah. all programmed in there the self criticism, the self hatred. It's all. But when we choose to listen to it after the age of 17 or 18, um, when we're supposed to be developing our conscious awareness. Um, that's our choice, our responsibility. So we need to choose something better. But you have to know there's a choice. And I think many people don't know there's a choice. You can actually play without the coach being in there. <laughs> right. And it, 
you're not going to collapse and fall into, the, into hell. Mm-hmm. Uh, instead, it's going to be something rather beautiful. But you have to trust it enough to go away. Yeah. What would you say are like the top three things to to kind of start working in the in the direction of of putting the mania to the side? Like what what tools or strategies would you recommend people follow? I would recommend something that's been helpful to me, and that is to ensure that you're spending time every day in some form, whatever form you want, of mindfulness or what you might call meditation. So find whatever practice works for you. Many of my former students have found the works of Thich Nhat Hanh, who has passed away from this realm, um, to be very helpful. It's Zen Buddhism because it doesn't have a a religious agenda. Uh, And uh, others find that Kriya Yoga, uh, meditation, or other forms of meditation, transcendental meditation, or other practices that are very simple, including just breathing, Um, The Kabbalah has fabulous meditation practices, and my experience, all of these. Um, And I really recommend that you kind of find which one just resonates with you. And uh, by the way, uh, I was so grateful that at the retreat, with the Canfield retreat that I attended recently, the Mastermind retreat, uh, Jack Canfield would have us meditate every day for the four days of the retreat. So I'd say that would be number one. That's the most important thing. The other thing is to just pay attention to the sound levels. Listen to your own voice. Record it. Listen carefully to others. Listen to the sound of their voice. Listen to the noises in your environment. And truly listen without judgment but just notice how the sounds make you feel. The third thing that I would do is I would say for us musicians, start really thinking about expanding your volume, the dynamics that you use. Try going very, very softly, but still with a good tone. And then see how far you can go in terms of loudness without it being painful. And as you're playing, become more and more aware of that. Even as you you speak, I'll talk to my students when they're doing exercises. At first, they'll do an exercise where they're naming what the intervals are. They'll say, two, two, three, one, two, two, two. They're naming how many whole and half steps between the pitches. And I'll say, now, try speaking in motherese. Because the way you were just talking was like you're scolding your dog. (laughs) Believe me, you're sensing it. So try this. Two, 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 one, three, two, two. And see how you feel. (laughs) And many people have told me after they do that, it's like, I feel good now at the end of that exercise. Instead of feeling like I've just <laughs> gone on the river sticks down to hell, uh, I'm now feeling much, much better. And it's because you're paying attention to your own voice and the sound of your own voice. And that'll make you very, very receptive to 
more and more musical things in, in your music. You'll become someone who's playing with mother ease instead of scolding, which is what I felt yeah. when I feel that, that music is too loud. I'm being, I'm being attacked, bombarded. That's such a loving way to look at that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You need to. We're in a world that this population is growing. We need to be more sensitive to one another mm-hmm. without taking offense, without it being personal. But we need to be paying attention to our contribution to that because it's affecting a lot of other folks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's really good. I feel like there's a lot to think about here. Hope it's helpful. Yeah. Thank always. you so much for sharing, Marianne. That's so good. Well, thank you, Karen. Thank you so much. Yeah, for being here and being present as you are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thanks, y'all, for listening. Um, if you think of anything or um, if you have any topics you want us to cover, feel free to reach out to us and make sure you're following us on social. Um, if you think of it, it would be so helpful if y'all could write a review on Apple Music. Um, that's uh, one of the only ways where folks can find the podcast. So head over to Apple Music, check out the Musical Communication Podcast, um, give it however many stars you'd like, and just writing us a review would be super helpful. So thanks again, and we'll be back next week. Thank you.